At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Eastern Conference grades time here. This will be an interesting one. And actually, I mean, last year we talked about this day that we gave a ton of f's in the east some of which we modified this year i wasn't nearly as down on the east but it also seems uh, other than toronto to be really a static off season for this eastern conference yeah i mean like even there were a couple teams that got high that got particularly high grades from me and they were really low stakes you know other than toronto they were low stakes like low means summers that teams did well so that's a little bit different than you know having max space and making a big swing and and hitting it out of the park or something like that still a good offseason and that's why we grade it that way but yeah it was different and and there were fewer fewer negative grades and so just because i want to say this at the outset and people always have trouble with this a c is an average grade and we have a little (laughs) bit of a difference in terms of philosophy here i think of this as organizational and for me it's not it's not necessarily uh, it's all it's not always about the outcome like i got into this people got mad at me with the whole lebron thing it's it's kind of like how you do with the means that you have rel- and and the constraints and all that kind of stuff so i don't ding a team as much if a player just doesn't want to go there and i sometimes if it's obvious that a player was going to go somewhere don't give them as much credit but there isn't as much of that in the eastern conference because there weren't a lot of high profile free agents that signed in the eastern conference yeah uh, i'll blame you for the guy who tweeted at me today saying i knew based on danny having something about the warriors in his oh, oh no they profile, also you they also use subjectivity instead of objectivity yes. which i thought was great <laughs> yes he's like you can't be subjective yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah i was uh that was actually the dumbest tweet i've ever gotten i think uh but uh, that's okay let's uh let's get started here with the atlanta hawks this one i think is the most volatile at least as far as like how it might look a year from now and certainly three four years from now uh i would guess because i predicted that i think trey young is gonna be very good but he's a very high volatility player very polarizing player and also one whom i expect to really struggle early in his career uh but of course, the centerpiece of their offseason was the trade number three, which became Luka Doncic. I think that we, uh, I had some tweets uh, with someone about that, who uh, that appears to be the closest that I can personally get myself to pronounce. But if I'm wrong there, let me know. And then the number five owned by Dallas, which was Trey Young, and then a 2019 top five protected first rounder. Uh, what is your grade just for that trade, Danny? So I had that as a negative, but not a huge negative because I I like Doncic better, but Trey Young, you know, they're 
the difference between those guys, this is again paralleling the 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 trade that the Celtics made with Tatum. The difference for the Celtics between Tatum and Fultz was smaller than for the Sixers. Same here. So a slight negative, so maybe like a C minus D plus, something in that range, but definitely below average because I think that Dallas did better in it. I had Luca number one in this draft. So if you can get the number one guy, that makes a difference. Yeah, and I had Young number two, which is far higher than many others had him, obviously. So I mean pretty much they did a bunch of other stuff around the margin, some of which they liked, some of which was a little weird. Uh, but, you know, that, that's got to comprise the majority uh, of this grade. I mean, I, I think, though, that the process of, of the Trey Young thing was good, right? I mean, they had their guy that, that they believed... Uh, was the best and they were able to trade down and pick up a very juicy assets for dropping down two spots if we were simply talking about and kp made this point uh, earlier if we're talking about your average number three pick and your average number five pick they did extremely well in terms of getting that 2019 pick now there's so many more considerations there right there's the players in particular involved and then there's also the fact that or i shouldn't say the fact but the opinion that the 2019 draft won't be as good that many draft experts seem to hold including me at least based on seeing the hoop summit i uh wasn't really wowed by anyone there so both in terms of their process and in terms of just getting value based on the picks at at that level and there's certainly something to be said for the idea that hey you know it's just based on the draft is a crapshoot and just you know the value of a pick is what you should be basing it on here not whether you happen to like that guy at three or at five or not uh so i I, i'm probably a little better on that than you i mean i think i would probably say that that just overall is a c uh what did they do besides that so they were really active. They drafted Kevin Herter and Omari Spellman, neither of whom we watched video on. Herter missed Summer League. Spellman, to me, looked like kind of a man without a country. You compared him to most Spates, which I think is fair in terms of like, I mean, we'll see what yeah. his career becomes, but there is a lot of Spates in there. Then they acquired Jeremy Lin without getting anything in return, which I think was a, a negative value for them, not only because of Lin's price tag, but also because of his injury history. I like Jeremy Lin. I just think that him at, I think it's about 12 million dollars is a lot that's yeah. a lot of a lot of jeremy lynn and you throw in that there's no point to him either i mean with, with this team clearly not going to be in playoff contention yeah but he's he's year. a he's a mentor or point guard you don't need to pay 12 million dollars for mentor or point guard we talked about that it's he's better than you know i think he'll at health healthy provide more value than vince carter did last year for the kings but i mean that you don't need a player at that price range and those are those are big but then the biggest move other than the young john Chich move was the mellow trade and so what they did there was they took on Carmelo Anthony's big payment for the 1819 season in exchange for getting off of Dennis Schroeder and getting a protected 2022 Oklahoma City first round pick. They also got Justin Anderson in that deal and they traded oh so yeah, they did get Justin Anderson. That was in that in that trade, yeah. I believe. And then yeah, Mike Muscala. Yeah, because that was Muscala a three teamer. Yeah. yeah. So so I gave them so I said I gave them like a C minus for the trade. I gave them a C minus overall for the offseason because I thought those moves were overall a positive but not enough of a positive to to justify it because I didn't like the Lynn part of it but I really liked the mellow Schroeder part for them and that overall so overall I thought they, they did fine you know C minus that's slightly below average and when you tr- trade away the, the, when you had the opportunity to draft the number one guy in the class who w- who would have been a wonderful fit for their roster you know this wasn't that issue here we're like oh where are they going to play Luca no they would he would have been a, a long-term starter for them had he been good enough so that's why it was a C minus for me yeah how 
are we ever going to find space on our 27 win tank fest team for Luka Doncic uh but that said I was higher on that trade I'm higher on Young than you are so and then I really like the mellow trade getting off of Schroeder and being able to get an asset as well for him I, I thought was good now they did have to absorb about 12 million or so in dead salary this year i mean it really was just a, a very odd offseason I mean, that lynn trade was just so bad to me i mean just think of what whether it was making a play long term to try to get someone on your roster who can be a a part of things whether it's taking on more dead salary whether it's simply just saving ownership 12 million dollars i mean maybe the part of lynn is the marketing aspect but i you know i don't think that you know it's not like atlanta has this enormous asian population and like you know he's gonna drive ratings there or something it seems uh, unlikely to me so i i don't really get like what the point is uh, even if you, that's it you know you're not gonna make that that money back so that was just an utter head scratcher you know it would have been great if they could have picked up some more assets there but they finally got the first rounder uh the protection on both the dallas pick and the okc pick remember the okc pick is lottery protected for only one year and then turns into two seconds i wish they could have done just a little bit better uh, you know, maybe even just to get it top four protected, which is, you know, where you jump into i'm talking about the dallas pick now to get that top four protected instead of top five you know that that would have been nice too so uh overall i gave them a b uh for just getting off a shooter i thought was great getting the asset for him um and then you know taking on 12 million dollars in bad money for one year they even got like a pretty good buyout for mellow too so it really ended up only being an extra 10 million dollars uh so that that's a, a pretty good price for just 10 million dollars in bad salary and you get off of someone we thought was a little bit of bad salary in terms of shooter and went on for a long time and was someone who would have been a probably a bad influence in their locker room that that wasn't in their plans anymore i I thought that was great and then the young trade you know i I thought was reasonable so that's why i ended up with a b but i mean this is one where so much of this is i the beholder and you could easily a year from now i could have them with a d i could even you could even have them with an f if trey young just turns out to be terrible and Doncic is a superstar which is not remotely out of the realm of possibility it's going so to take a, a yeah Go it's going to take a lot less time to oh, oh one one other thing I want to mention just in terms of the money that they got this will come up later but Brooklyn got a protected second round pick just for taking on two million dollars in Jared Dudley so think about what what Atlanta could have done with any part of that money yeah that was that was a very outlier type of situation though. it was anomalous yeah that that's certainly fair yeah um yeah i mean that that's one i mean i think that's probably i mean since like anthony randolph nobody's gotten a second round pick for taking on that little money. i mean could go back to like pondexter last year but even that was like three million i think and it was totally deadly i mean that was just a weird situation like all right yeah, we really want rashawn holmes we gotta clear the money right sure. now but 10 to 12 million or you could because i'm assuming if you got a different point guard for the minimum like they could have done a lot with that I mean, matter what but we can move on to the boston celtics they had a comparatively quiet offseason compared to the the atlanta hawks which we just talked about their most important things were retaining marcus smart and aaron baines baines got a two-year deal at the maximum they were allowed to do using his non-bird rights and the second year of that is a player option which is something we will talk about they also brought back Jabari Bird, moving him from a two-way to a full-on NBA contract. They drafted Robert Williams. They signed Brad Wanamaker, and then Wanamaker basically replaced Shane Larkin. Williams, you could say, replaces Greg Monroe, and then Jabari Bird replaces Abdel Nader. Yeah, Nader, they dumped. Uh, they were able to just save 450000 by uh, moving him to OKC, which was a, a nice... But- 
not significant, but nice bit of, of maneuvering. Williams at number 27, you know, certainly has had his personality issues, wasn't really able to play much in summer league due to a knee issue as well. Certainly has a ton of talent, although not the type of talent in terms of a rim running big that they really have used a ton of in Boston. Um, but we'll see what ends up happening with him. He's not going to play this year regardless, probably, you know, unless they really run into some trouble. Not a ton to say here. I mean, Wanamaker has a little bit more size and strength than Larkin, so might be able to play a little bit more in the playoffs if they're in a pinch. But certainly if Kyrie is healthy, they've got Smart, they've got Rozier. That is not the anticipation. Uh, we'll see, you know, He's probably not quite as good as Larkin, not, not quite as quick offensively. But uh, And then Smart, he was 12 for 50 ultimately. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 4 for 50? Yeah, I believe 4 for, I think 4 for 52 is how it's been described, but there could be some guarantee stuff in that. Yeah, so what did you make of that deal? I think that was on the high side of what I would consider reasonable, but still within that reasonable band. Sort of the same thing as Baines. Like, I think it's about it's as about as player-friendly as you could do where I wouldn't say it was bad for the Celtics. And also the opportunity cost for them on those two guys, you know, this isn't good. The, the non-team-friendly part of that isn't really going to cost them that much. As long, you know, there is this question about whether they'll get under the tax for this year, and then yeah. maybe in maybe in a, a year or two, you know, the Marcus Smart contract, if it doesn't look good, then that could hamstring stuff as all their other guys get a lot more expensive. But you know, I, I think I think those are f- they're fine. You know, that's that, and for both of them, I mean, certainly there were other options, but I I can understand what what Ainge was getting at with saying there are other options, but this guy is better for us than the other ones, and when you are a team in the title mix fit and you know a slight downgrade really matters we talked about that a lot in houston's offseason and so i like aaron baines better than anybody i can think of who was in that price range so getting him back is is a good thing now i don't think they needed to give him a fully guaranteed second year maybe they could have done something taya dosich-esque but you know that's not a huge thing yeah, I mean, I, I didn't care for that player option for Baines either at, at age 31, uh, considering what the center market was like. I mean, maybe they just had to do that this year. But uh, And these are one of the two teams that I would give an incomplete to, the Wizards being the other, of they didn't get out of the tax this summer. And so we'll see what the price for doing that ends up being, or, or in the Wizards case, necessarily get out of the tax, but reduce their tax bill. The Celtics, this is one of the few times where I'd say, even if your owner is willing to pay the tax it makes sense to get out of it just because they're so close and they probably you know this is another one of those scenes where hey they're going to be good enough there are very few teams where i'm like oh man dope you can't start the clock on the repeater tax like the denver has been going crazy about that it's like you know you haven't paid the tax (laughs) in like 15 years and you're really far away from having a team that's that expensive and and contending for you know four out of five years where you're going to be in the tax uh but boston is one of the few teams you'd say realistically has that so i i would support trying to get out out of it if they can but we'll see what the price for that ends up being and whether they in fact could do so that could affect this grade in the future it could and boston but, having but I, I will say this th- there's no real obvious candidate i mean that marcus morris would probably be the guy but they but he actually helps really the team. need him right yeah now. i mean yeah, the so. most logical would be if a team really like was interested in just taking on yabusele that wouldn't get them all the way there but it would get them really close and 
I, I, don't I don't think anyone will be interested in that. I don't, you uh, know, I don't think so either, but I've been wrong before. So that, but I mean, but you can't clear, but if the team isn't willing to do it, then he becomes a bad fit because he doesn't get you all the way there. And, you know, if his value is, is below that. So yeah, that's, I gave them a C minus. The I agree with your, your incomplete logic. That's fine. I just wanted to give them a grade for now. And because I'm not totally sure they're going to do it, this is not like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I gave an incomplete, a partial incomplete to the Sacramento Kings because it's like they kind of have to do something here I think they should but it's it's not I don't see it in kind of the same the same part of it so yeah I agree with you logic I expected you know like the other way that this great could look better is if Robert Williams I I really liked him in the draft you know like obviously we would we didn't get to dig into the off the court stuff or the kind of character type stuff but on the court I really liked him and if he plays somewhere other than Maine and they show that they can use him. I could see Williams being a part of boosting this grade up, but I don't expect that to happen just because of how good the Celtics expect to be and how hot, you know, like the, the he'll have to earn that opportunity and he could, but I'm not betting on it right now. I ended up with a C plus one additional thing about smart as opposed to getting him with the qualifying offer is he provides salary fodder for a trade. Although if that turns into bad salary, that's not so good. Um, so yeah, C plus, I mean, I thought, you know, they didn't screw up. Um, they brought back uh, everyone who's important. And, you know, I think Williams is, is a lot more potential than a lot of guys who were picked at 27, despite some of the issues. So uh, that's why I went with a, a C plus, but I would give much higher than a C plus to Burr which brings style and comfort to a whole new level and ships couches to your door fast and free they're ergonomically designed extremely comfortable we really like ours it's in our sunroom right now the cats absolutely love it by the way uh and uh, enjoy taking their afternoon nap in the sunbeam what i really liked about it too was the ability to customize it you can select the color the size armrest height leg color it's really just a beautiful mid-century type design but you can customize it for you. It even comes with a built-in USB charger. So when you're really settled in there on the couch, binge watching and your phone starts to die, just uh, now you can stay there even longer. Another nice little feature is you get 30 days of cozy on your comfortable burrow risk-free. Or you could try one out at one of their partner showrooms, which are dotted around the country. So if you, like many of our listeners... I found that it's time to get rid of your college couch. You're a professional now. You need something that actually looks good, but it's still a, a great value. Go to burrow.com, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash capspace. You get $75 off your purchase. Once again, that's burrow.com slash capspace. Easy to remember because we talk about capspace all the time on the program. Get that $75 off your purchase. Burrow makes the luxury couch for real life and make sure you use that slash capspace url to let them know you came from us so the brooklyn nets you mentioned that the hawks were active the nets were ridiculously active they started off the summer by trading timofey mozgov to mitch kupchak and the charlotte hornets who don't really have a, much of a sense of our amusement because mitch kupchak who signed him to that contract initially then traded him on to orlando they also traded $5 million in cash, a second rounder, and a second round pick swap to the Hornets in that deal to get back Howard. Howard was making almost $24 million this year. 
Mozgov was at 16 this year, 17 next year. But then Howard bought out for $5 million less than what he was making. So that was really an awesome deal to just for $5 million in cash, a second and a second round pick swap. I'm sorry, no, it wasn't a pick swap. It was a, a, uh, the pick that became Hamadou Diallo this year and their own 2021 first round pick. So it was two, two second rounders. But to do two second rounders and $5 million, and they basically dumped $14 million in dead salary overall and cleared $16.7 million off their books for next year. That is just an absolute steal to dump that amount of money, um, especially once you consider they're able to get the Howard buyout, and then that facilitated a bunch of their other moves. Yeah, the Nets squeezed everything out of their cap space and then did moves after they squeezed their space. So they, to use a lot of that, they created more space by moving Jeremy Lin to the Hawks, something we talked about before. And while we criticized that for the Hawks, it's amazing for the Nets because they were able to, oh, yeah. to get to get all of that money, which they immediately used to get a first round pick protected from Denver in exchange for Kenneth Fareed and Darrell Arthur. They later moved Darrell Arthur for Jared Dudley and got a protected second out of that deal once they had their space. But then with the cap space, they signed Ed Davis. Technically, I guess he was with the room exception, but they signed Ed Davis. They signed Shabazz Napier. They signed Travion Graham. And what's significant about the Napier and Graham signings, and so I'm going to say this right now, I'm giving them a straight A, which I don't usually yeah, do me too. for a me too. for a non-transformative offseason. But this is in the line, I've said this in other years, for a team that did the absolute best they could with what they had. And so Napier Napier and Graham, both of those guys, they gave a non-guaranteed, I believe it is structured as a non-guaranteed, not a team option in both those, second year at basically the minimum. Napier got a little bit more than the minimum for the first year, but then the minimum for the second year. That is phenomenal value and team control from them. Ed Davis at the room MLE, totally fine. Not, you know, that's a, that's a good contract. Musa, we're going to have to see whether whether he is a good value. They also get some benefit from those guys, from him and Kuruks not really playing in summer league. So we don't know if they're... You you know, if they were necessarily good or bad. So I just kind of leave that as a neutral for the time being. And, you know, Jared Dudley's going to help them. They got a second round pick out of the deal. The one weird criticism I have for the Nets is that this would have been a good year for them to bottom out. And they got all these players that are going to help them. So there is that weird thing, but they got such good value. I feel like even if they could just trade some of these guys if they want. And so, so like there is a way that this could backfire a little bit, but Sean Marks creating the value in terms of cap space for next year, a first round pick and then netting one sec netting a loss of one second round pick because they picked up one in one deal lost two in another like that's really good like that's a, a pretty incredible to, to pull all that together when they didn't have a lot of flexibility in the first place yeah I and mean, they started the off season with basically what 10 million in cap space or so yeah and, and oh and the other thing they did well was did. was joe harris so joe harris they he yeah. they got him to, with early bird rights and they also made his contract descend another good use of of it's a it's a really basic cap thing but some teams have gotten this wrong before so he's just less money next year than he is this year when that made no difference for them but having him wait you know they got to use all of that cap space and then use that to go over they're still well clear of the luxury tax yeah that was fantastic i mean you know maybe that's a little high for him but they did have it descend as well as they should have which is is good and you know joe harris could be a a value contract one year seven million after this season and it basically was free money 
money to them with his low capital. Well, they it was free money for this year, this year, not free money next year. But yes, but, exactly. but also, yeah, I mean, who knows what what they're doing with Alan Crabb long term? I mean, maybe if they need to squeeze out space next year, maybe they stretch or trade Alan Crabb if Joe Harris can step into a similar role. By all means, I mean he's the the, the price for even if it's a, as a straight two, but I think he can dance between a couple of different positions. Those guys, if they can be capable shooters and you know ideally better than Sivs defensively, you know those guys are valuable. Except for Trayvon Graham, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I, I I gave them an A as well. I mean, to really, it, it was incredible what they did with $10 million in space. I mean, they got probably the best pick that changed hands in the bad salary dump derby by far. That Denver pick, the protection on that, that they did well to negotiate. I do... I love all of these transactions, basically. I mean, there isn't one transaction in here that I didn't think was a good one. The only problem, as you mentioned, is this is the first year they have their pick. And Sean Marks has publicly said, although, you know, what you say publicly as a GM, you're not held to that, but has said that, you know, they're not going to tank. I mean, and they're trying to win as many games as they can. And and I get that, you know, I mean, they've been bad for so long. They want to feel like they're making some progress, but they're still, despite all of these moves being great in the aggregate, or I'm sorry, great individually in the aggregate, you wonder what the end game is here because there's still a lack of star talent. We don't think D'Angelo Russell is going to get there. Maybe some small chance that he does still. And so if they're not going to be bad this year, you know, if they're going to win, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of what it'd be, but you know, you could see this team getting a 30 35 win something like that uh now maybe perhaps they are emboldened a little bit by the lottery changes that they could still have a decent chance of getting up into the top four yeah or or theorizing that having a better being being as bad as they were going to be is hard for free agency which is a way that they think they can make their team better there is some logic that and then one other thing i wanted to make sure we mention here that will affect their grade we just if if it happens but we just don't know yet is whether they extend d'angelo russell or ronda hollis jefferson because that will be in the offseason grade should it occur i I would be shocked if they do i'd say given their 2019 cap space i mean you don't well with do that mozgov dump although i mean that was a good deal anyway but like that seemed like the prelude to right because yeah you know, yeah. the logic the logic being that they could have you know they could have dumped that salary if needed later on as opposed to doing it ahead of time incidentally kind of like what the lakers did with mozgov where they they it kind of was a clear signal that they were going after 2018 let's move on to the hornets uh, and i gave them a d i think they totally blew it by not just buying out howard themselves perhaps howard for some reason just didn't like them and wouldn't have offered them as much uh maybe they didn't realize because howard basically bought out for just about the exact amount that he ended up signing for in Washington which was uh, also curious uh, as well Uh, but maybe Howard just didn't know that he had that much money available on the free agent market and so wouldn't have bought out for that price if he just stuck around that long but that seems unlikely to me it seems like that was all kind of pre-arranged with the Nets and so why couldn't Charlotte have just done that I'm not maybe there's some explanation but I just don't know what that is at this point and so if that were the case, I mean, to get Howard for $2.8 million more than Mozgov and then not have to take on another whole year of Mozgov 16.7. And then you throw in the fact they traded Mozgov for Biombo. So even this year's savings, you know, gave him some breathing room below the tax to be sure. But, you know, really compared to Howard's buyout was less than $2 million. And then, yeah, okay, they got a couple of seconds. That's good. They got $5 million. I really don't care about that at all, but it probably means something to them they've already taken in their maximum amount in cash so 
I, I'm just not really that happy with this offseason. And then, you know, Biombo is a little bit better than Mozgov. I mean, I guess, you know, that's the ultimate deck chairs on the Titanic trade, but I'd probably rather have Biombo than Mozgov if I had to decide. Uh, and then Tony Parker for... 5 million this year, 5.3 next year, though at least that's non-guaranteed, thank God. But I don't know if they solved their problems. You know, that seems like mostly a sop to Nikola Batub and a, another, you know, winning the press conference, veteran leadership type of thing. There's no indication that, you know, if Tony Parker were coming off the injury that he had at 36 and wasn't Tony Parker uh, with that history, there's no way he gets this contract. So I don't think he's going to contribute to them that much um what did you make of the miles bridges pick compared to who else might have been available at that time uh at uh it was originally number 11 and then they uh moved down to number 12 yeah they actually got two seconds out of the clippers to move to move down one spot the clippers really wanted shay and I think the Miles Bridges pick is the most important thing Charlotte did in this offseason. I'm not, I, I don't feel strongly about it right now yet, but I feel like I will six months from now. I just don't have it yet. Shea looked good to me. I also, you know, Michael Porter would have been a high upside guy. I actually talked about that specifically, that Charlotte should have traded up for Michael Porter. So Bridges... Well, it should have, you're saying before the draft, you were saying that? Yeah, and then they could have just gotten him yeah. straight up. Like, they didn't have to do that. So yeah. I, I would guess that I'm going to be more negative on it, but Bridges, you know, it, it, he's a little bit smaller, but stronger than I thought he would, you know, like he's physically strong. So maybe if he can defend threes a little bit, like there, there's certainly something to oh, like yeah. about. I think he can defend. Yeah. Threes. Like there's certainly something to like about Bridges. And so I don't, I'm not writing him. I, I, I'm a, so like a little bit negative, but not much. And he can certainly outperform that. And a couple other big picture things I want to say with Charlotte. This is the second straight year where, team was so desperate to dump Dwight Howard that they missed the most obvious option like Atlanta should have just stretched him and didn't do it Charlotte benefited from that and they did that which was insane but then the other part of this you talked about the Tony Parker element here I want to go back to the Nets for a second the Nets signed Napier for a much better contract than Tony Parker I think Napier will be better this year than Tony Parker and he still fits the whole college player all that kind of Michael Jordan stuff and then Travion Graham this might not be the last this might might be the last time that he gets mentioned here Travion Graham would have helped them and oh yeah you know we have all these other forwards and all that you have a, a, a capable player there is no opportunity cost he signed basically a two minus one at the minimum with a team that doesn't really have much more playing time to offer you have bird rights I mean that's just completely insane so I ended up yeah, he, he was restricted. They could have just had, had a qualifying yeah. offer for him for $1.7 million. It, it's completely insane. So he, he was in their rotation last year. Even if he doesn't develop, you know, at least getting a guy who played decent enough minutes for you last year at $1.7 million is fine. So I gave them a D as well. I think there's a, a significant chance that I have this lower after this year, basically, if Bridges is worse than the guys drafted around him, which is entirely possible. And they theoretically had the choice, including of Shea, because they could have taken him easily and not made the trade like that was that was an option available to them and we'll see if that factors in tony parker you know it it would be shocking to me if he substantially outperformed what we expect from him Devontae graham you know that he could end up he could end up doing well but he's not really going to have much of a chance this coming year i feel like kabulka is going to get stashed i haven't heard anything about him so yeah i mean this is a yeah i did like Devontae graham yes at at 34 yeah uh, although they did trade up to get him but uh yeah i I think that i think that could end up being a pretty good pick (laughs) who knows maybe he'll be better than tony parker this year yeah 
and, and if he's better than Tony Parker, we'll see. And then, and they also have the, a new the list of point guards that signed this summer that are going to be better than Tony Parker that we're just going to be talking about all year. Yeah, and and the other thing we should mention for them, they don't get the they don't get the benefit, but they might eventually is James Borrego. You know, they hired a head coach that has no head coaching experience, so I didn't add that in either way because I don't really know much about Borrego. But if he does a good job, then that will move up their grade. If he doesn't or doesn't move the needle, then it'll affect it that way as well. Yeah, he didn't really make much of an impression on me either way uh, when he was in Orlando in that interim stint, in contrast to maybe like a J.B. Bickerstaff in his interim stint. Let's move to the Bulls now. I actually liked just about everything they did other than matching on Zach Levine. And I, I ended up giving them a B. I suspect you will be lower. I gave them a C plus. I think the most important huh. thing they did was drafting Wendell Carter, and they nailed that. It looks like right now. I mean, Carter was great in summer league. He he was also behind a lot of the guys that would have been considered. So you know, so it, he was drafted later than Mo Bamba and anything. So there isn't even like a risk of oh, you passed on player X to take Wendell Carter. Sure, Michael Porter if he ends up being really good. That that's an option there. I'm in some ways more pissed off about the Zach Levine stuff because it was a match rather than a contract because they had to get out Geo free card. They could have just said, hey, you can pay him a lot of money. Congratulations. You can take him. And I also think there's a chance that the the Jerry and Grant thing works ends up burning them because they didn't really gain anything from that trade. They got they got a, a pick and now that puts a lot on the shoulders of Cameron Payne, who I do not think is good. There's a chance that he is, but like I would have rather had two lottery tickets there rather than one. And the other other thing they got wrong was David Nwaba. They could have just kept David Nwaba. He's a, I think he's a good basketball player. If they're trying to win this year, they could have, they, they could have done that. And so those aren't big things, but they are, you know, they are elements. And so then, but let's go through the rest of their offseason. They drafted Chandler Hutchison. It sounds like they kind of got him to commit early and not take all these other opportunities for workouts and all that kind of stuff. They also signed, of course, Jabari Parker on basically that two-year contract where the second year is non-guaranteed. No, no, uh, team option. Team option. Sorry, you're right. Team option. That's what I get for not having my sheet up. And that, you know, the, the opportunity cost of that is basically what what else they could have done with that money. And yeah, and and by the way, for on Parker, part of the grant trade was to open up more money to sign him. Although I, know, I'm not sure there was anybody the offering seventeen point five, pushing their putting their feet to the fire. Yeah, yeah, you can make that argument certainly. And so, and, and what was he going to do? Say I'm going to sign the qualifying offer with the, with the Bucks and make a whole lot less money? I mean, it's it's possible. There. Yeah, although so, psychologically, like sure. Getting to 20 actually, I think, probably matters a lot. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, yeah, I, I mean, so I give... Damn, damn those uh, Middle Eastern mathematicians who decided that we're going to start uh, numbering with a new digit every 10 numbers. Yeah, it's not anchoring. It's something. There's an. There should be. There's another term for that, but I don't know what it is. Um. But yeah. So so for me, this is. It's a weird off season because, like, I mean, I think we have to emphasize that the Wendell Carter thing is the most important. And you know, if he ends up being a long term starter, especially if it's an above average or even elite starter, then that carries this for a for a half decade or more. And I don't like the Levine contract. It is going to, you know, if, if it becomes as negative as I think it's going to be, it's going to really hurt them. But, you know, you could argue that Wendell Carter is going to do that. If Chandler Hutchinson does well, I basically put a TBD there because he was okay in summer league, but I didn't really get much of a feel. And then... Yeah, neutral on him. Yeah, and then with, with Parker, you know, it's good that they have that control with the 
team option and that they can, you know, if it works out. And also, I think that gives them leverage in terms of negotiations that they can kind of have this preliminary period and go, hey, we can decline the option. Maybe they, they could do a longer term contract that is at a different number or something like that. And then you if he has a good season or, you know, they could just get out of it free if they want to do that. So, yeah, C plus, I think is fair. But if you want to go a little higher, probably because of Wendell Carter, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, I think the, the B to me was mostly about liking Parker and just getting someone with a, a lot of upside on the team, getting him on the, the two minus one as well it was solid. You know, Levine at least still has some star potential, but it's a lot of bust potential on that contract. Four years, 78 million. That's interesting that you and, say and Levine still has star potential. I do not think he has star potential. Maybe he I, has. I'm not saying it's a high probability, I, I, but I mean, the guy, like, I mean, if he just like has 25%, you don't think it's impossible that he could have like 25% usage and like 60% true shooting? I I don't Someday. I don't think there's to me there isn't a, there's a chance that he like makes an all-star team or something like if we're defining it by fame but I don't think it'd be especially considering how awful he is defensively I don't think there's a chance he's like one of the for me there's not a chance below like the nominal percent for almost anybody that he's a top five to five point guard in the league no I don't I don't see that but sh- shooting, shooting guard, guard you mean well you don't have to be a top five shooting guard to be worth 20 million I mean well no you said the, star you, 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 you brought in star potential here and to me star potential okay. is something different than being worth the money he the worth the money he offered okay fair enough yeah, yeah I mean we'll see yeah I, I think that the fact that he can take and make some very difficult threes it is a skill that could potentially be leveraged if the ball goes in enough for him but you know I obviously I wasn't in favor of matching either but I I do think that possibility still exists now if their goal this year was to like oh we're gonna like really look like a team on the rise and win a bunch of games and be in playoff contention and then you know free agents are gonna want to come here you know I'm I don't know that they accomplished that. I think a lot of people in Chicago are way too optimistic about this team. Vegas is perhaps less so as of right now. And also like giving any guaranteed money to Ryan Archdiakno just makes no sense at all to me. Uh Carter at number seven. I mean, basically, it was fate accompli. He was going to get picked there. You know, that was really considered by most people. I think the end of a tier if they weren't going to consider Michael Porter due to the injuries. We'll see. Maybe they still should have done that. But as you mentioned, Carter looked pretty good. So yeah, it went with the B. Still not as bad as, as Brooklyn because I think they have some guys who have some upside on this team. Uh, but you still do wonder about you know who is the superstar that gets this team you know back into being a really good team. Is that guy on the roster yet? Maybe not. But I think given the resources they had available, they did close to the best they could. And I, I probably would have even given them an A had it not been for uh, the Levine match. Uh, let's move to the Cavaliers. What did you give them? I gave them a D minus. They added Colin Sexton. That was the the big thing in terms of the draft because they they had the eighth overall pick and they took him over Knox, Bridges, Shea, a bunch of other guys, Michael Porter. And then they lost LeBron James. I don't, you know, I don't criticize them for that. I'm sure they offered whatever they offered, whatever they could. And he just said, no, just like I didn't give the Lakers a ton of credit. I'm not killing the Cavs for that at all. That's not really a part of the grade. But the other big stuff they did, they gave Kevin Love that extension. They signed David Nwaba. Looks like they're going to trade for Decker, which that doesn't really affect it at all. We don't know. I assume they're going to end up with Rodney Hood. We don't know what the terms that are going to be, whether that's him taking his qualifying offer or something beyond that. So I didn't really factor 
factor that in much. It's just like it'll it's going to happen at some point. So for me, there there's a, there are a couple things to say about the Cavs. So one is isn't it is entirely possible that there wasn't as much of an opportunity cost to hold on to their veterans because other than maybe Kyle Korver, they all failed in a nay test. You know, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, those guys are expensive. You know, Kevin Love is complicated. I think a team would have taken him on his existing contract. I don't, you know, maybe not into space, but you know, some some sort of thing that works. But being in no man's land like they are right now does them very few favors. You know, they especially because they have that top 10 protected pick. I think they can tank out of that if they try to make the playoffs and aren't in it. But I, I, I just feel like they 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 stuck themselves for no particularly good reason. And I do not like the Kevin Love extension. So that is actually that and the Sexton pick are the most important parts of my grade. Yeah, Sexton, I'm not as low on it as you. I think he, he had some flashes in some ways. I mean, that's kind of like a C pick to me. You know, I, I think it's just a guy I'm not super high on, but it's not a ridiculous pick for for there. And there's some guys below him maybe uh, who could look better, but uh, I'm not incredibly high on any of them either. I mean, I, you know, it would have been nice to see this is the range where you're like, hey, you know, Michael Porter probably could have considered that. But no, no, they got to make the playoffs this year. They got to prove that, hey, LeBron James, we don't need you. We could still get the eighth seed and be first round cannon fodder without you. Uh, so I'm not sure why that's considered so awesome. Maybe it's this arena renovation, but this love extension definitely seems like winning the press conference. At least they signed him to it to the point where he'd be tradable at the deadline. Now the question of whether he will be tradable at the deadline is a whole nother thing. I think with his injury history, I think that is going to look like a really, really bad contract. It, you know, there's some possibility maybe he gets back to Minnesota, Kevin Love, but I'm not sure that that is necessarily going to be the case here. And that ties in with one of my, the big reasons I really didn't like their offseason is it kind of ties in with that they, they had the opportunity to see how this season played out before paying him and he didn't have the leverage to say if you don't you know uh, certainly he could have left but I mean yeah. the chance they, they could have offered him this extension you know before the trade deadline sure. too, if, if it were really if, playing if so it works well. out and they they took on so much risk that Kevin Love isn't that guy anymore they paid him you know like even if he's Minnesota Kevin Love at or close to it at 30 that's very different than at 26 in terms of getting a future contract and you know if, if that ends up being maybe not a Noah trade clause but ends up being just a hard contract to move that makes it a lot harder for Cleveland to pivot like if this team isn't good enough the other than Sexton it's going to take them some time to get better and so having more money on your books than you need to have if it's a negative value contract is is more significant yeah I think so I now who knows maybe they looked into trading him but I mean I, I think they should have tried to trade him in the summer it's easier to trade guys in the summer teams have cap space it, there's just a, you have a lot more options available and so I, I ended up giving them a a D. I think I'd been higher than you on every single team so far. That's crazy. I I'm not sure which of us is usually more negative, but uh so yeah, I, I gave them a D. I mean, it, I think they absolutely should have just tried to rebuild. Um the Sexton pick was fine, but I would have supported Porter and just you know, tanking this year. I mean, they have the top 10 protected pick. I mean, losing that would be kind of a disaster. Um and, and now they're going to have to tank their butts off if they don't make the playoffs, which I don't anticipate. Well, and, and not only that, that but will. they're tanking their butts off to get a worse pick than if they had just understood where they were in the first place like you know the, yeah. si the difference between the sixth pick and the tenth pick is significant here um Channing Fry is a good bet but really makes absolutely no sense 
uh here because they just have so many centers uh, already they have absolutely no other power forwards on the roster outside of kevin love uh they did at least get sam decker in that trade which we should talk about i know you mentioned it briefly uh, a little bit basically just taking him into a trade exception they had from the Kyrie irving deal um and w- which was set to expire soon i think that this Clippers had to get rid of him because of their roster crunch, and I think that's a totally worthy gamble. He, he Decker really disappointed last year, but had some moments of effective play his second year in Houston, and they don't have much at the three. Similarly, signing David Nwaba at least gives them something there. So maybe they at least have the ability now, if they want to play Love at center, they could play Decker at the four, Oshman at the three or something, and try to do those lineups maybe to outscore teams a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that this is just going to be one of those situations where you're like, oh, we can't take a step back. Well, okay, so you're going to win 30 games for two years and then take then accept reality and start rebuilding after you already just, you know, wasted two years. Yeah, and you know what team should have known what the benefit of eating it quickly after losing LeBron James is? It's Cleveland. That's the team that understands this. I mean, they ended up getting all those picks that ended up converting into one yeah. Kyrie Irving and then the other guys that they used to sweeten the pot when they got LeBron James. Right. They took on uh, Baron Davis. They opened up flexibility and yeah you know we'll see maybe a fire sale will come at the deadline and then they can tank the second half of the season if they're just not into it and maybe they just felt like all right jr smith tristan thompson george hill like we just can't move these guys uh but love certainly would have been the guy to me that i think they should have traded post this especially with his injury list. uh let's move on to detroit now quiet off season for them so we will probably won't spend quite as much time on them i think actually the biggest thing that happened to them was moving Anth- or losing anthony Tolliver. Oliver and James Ennis, uh, whom they actually, Ennis, they actually did have early bird rights on. They instead added GR3 in his place with part of their mid-level, but not all of it because they want to avoid the tax this year. GR3 is on a, a two minus one non-guaranteed second year for 4.5 million. You could certainly make the argument that you would have rather had James Ennis for that contract maybe Ennis just wanted to leave but he hasn't made much money in his career you would think they could have outbid what the Rockets ended up with uh there and they had the early bird rights on him so they could have done that and still kept the mid-level open but of course they have to avoid the tax and then they also waived Eric Moreland and signed Zaza Pachulia I don't think Pachulia is really going to help them too much uh, anymore uh Bruce Brown Kyrie Thomas uh, don't have a great feel for them yet that's actually Liam's team for who's going to do that in a couple of episodes here Jose Calderon is total blah for the middle i mean that's another one of those ones where wouldn't you have rather gotten someone who at least has some upside and isn't just you know total caretaker but they, they already have two point guards and reggie jackson and Smith anyway so it's probably not going to matter they, they needed someone who's okay without playing so i ended up giving them a d just because they they lost tolliver they lost gr3 tolliver you know minnesota offered him just a little bit more than probably they would have been comfortable with under the tax uh but he was a big contributor for them last year they lost that and i think you know i think they just they got a little worse for this year and yeah they had limited resources but getting a little worse for this year when you're trying to compete this year uh gets you a d i give them a c minus so the first time i have a, an east team over you yeah. and for me so if you think about that they had let's call it like four or five million to spend outside of minimums gr3 is a fine a fine play and i like that they were one of the few teams yeah. that gave a player it looks like to me this is my read on the contract more money in 1819 to get a team friendly circ uh, uh you know option it's not an option it's a non-guarantee i believe for that second yeah. year and that that's a good thing i think more more teams should have done that Pay 
pay a little bit more money and they have a higher opportunity cost than most because they only had so much under the cap to really do. And then we should also mention that they gave up two seconds for Kyrie Thomas. That was not a pick they had in the first place. So that could end up biting them as yeah. well. And, you know, Kyrie... Or or he could be good. I yeah, mean, those, we, we don't those know. ones that it's always just depends Yeah, we, on ju- we just have to see. Good. Like, again, that, I didn't factor that in too much with my grade. And I, I feel like Pachulia for Moreland and Calderon for Bikes, that those are both upgrades, but they theoretically could have gotten somebody else for the minimum. And, you know, I think both those guys are fine. Calderon, I think the idea behind that is more just to have somebody stable if either Ish Smith or Reggie Jackson gets hurt. We can certainly see that. We've seen it before. And then with Pachulia, you know, Gapville, good veteran, that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I, I'm fine with this offseason. And you talked about Tolliver and Ennis. Like, I think Ennis just wasn't, I mean, they barely used him last year. Like it feels like he wouldn't have wanted to go back there. And then Tolliver, maybe with the coaching change, with everything else, that wouldn't been there. And and I didn't factor in the the Casey part of it too much. He is definitely to me a good yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah, we should have talked about. He's that definitely more. a yeah, good you know, coach. I mean, but I don't know like how. I wonder how he's going to be with the specific challenges of this team. Like that might end up being the. the it's definitely the biggest addition of their offseason, but I don't know how much of a positive it is because he can't fix what's I, I'm not sure he can fix what's broken but I would love to be wrong on that I mean all available evidence indicates that Casey has done a very good job as a regular season coach with the Raptors and certainly the Pistons should be more concerned with the regular season than the postseason but we'll see I mean there's a lot of thought that the innovations that they did have in Toronto didn't necessarily come from Casey initially this also seems to be a very traditional organization at this point in time and so I think you know Casey he brings a lot of good old school things like just his people skills being able to manage the roster build a good bench but some of the more new school stuff that he kind of was pushed to do in Toronto I think he kind of needs someone who provides that element and i'm not sure that in this organization that will necessarily exist with ed stefanski running things necessarily um but yeah i mean it's just not a very sexy offseason went with the d uh the pacers had a lot of resources we'll talk about them in a moment here but first i love how we always do the sea geek reads after like or before which i wouldn't say with the pacers actually i'm very interested to see them this year but uh the pistons are kind of one of the less interesting to watch teams but if you want to see the detroit pistons and uh i bet you could actually get some amazing deals at that really nice arena it's got great food options there too apparently little caesar's arena despite the name that of the arena it has good food options uh sea geek is a great way to get deals you whether you want to go to a summer concert football season a musical comedy SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites and they grade every ticket based on value so that's going to save you time and save you money you can easily identify the best seats for your budget you see that big green dot the bigger and darker green the better it is i've gotten some great values on SeatGeek before and they guarantee every purchase you can shop for tickets with confidence and if you, for some reason, haven't tried SeatGeek yet, which would be shocking since they have been, were the first ever advertiser on Dunked On over three years ago. But if you are new to SeatGeek, you can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase using that familiar Capspace code. It still does make me happy when it's the code instead of the URL. It's always like slightly disappointing when it's the URL. The Capspace code just rolls off the tongue. Use that, get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase, and let them know that you came from us with that awesome code. I'll let you go first here uh, on the Pacers, Danny. 
So I think it's underappreciated how big a bet the Pacers made on having space in 2019 because they could have made a pretty significant dent here as one of the few teams that had cap space and could have offered, you know, as many years as they were comfortable with. And that very well could end up working out for them. But it also might not because there are just there are going to be a lot of glamour franchises that have a bunch of money. There aren't that many players that are going to be those huge difference makers. And there were a lot of good, if not great players on the market. And so I think that they got better. You know, I would say that Tyreek McDermott, O'Quinn replacing GR3, Lance Stevenson, Al Jefferson, like I would say that makes them better. And they, you know, they didn't sacrifice long-term flexibility very much. I mean, they did give McDermott three years, but outside of that, but the, you know, like, so I ended up giving them a C plus, but there are two big issues. One is that bet on 2019. The other one is they still don't have, like they didn't get a a forward who can defend on this team and even though LeBron James is not in the Eastern Conference anymore that is still a big need and they could have gone for a more flashy guy with that they could have gone for a more you know like a a, a lottery ticket flyer type of guy but to go through this entire offseason and not really get anybody for that niche is very weird and frustrating yeah, and you could say Ben Simmons, Giannis, Thaddeus Young can guard him. I don't know if he can guard Kawhi Leonard. Um, maybe he can. Kawhi could come back kind of a little slower, a little more of a power player. Maybe that's the thinking, though, is just in the East in a playoff series. And when they did their offseason, they didn't know that Kawhi would be in the East either. But certainly on a night-to-night basis, it'd be nice to have someone who can guard the best threes. I think you talk about this, and I think this is an important point to make because I gave them a C-. And people might say, like, hey, they improved, right? Like, they got Tyreek, they got McDermott, they got O'Quinn. Those are upgrades. And especially if Tyreek plays anywhere close to the way he did last year, you know, he could really help them. Aaron Holiday as well in the early 20s. That was the one where, you know, I think he's got a chance to be a solid backup point guard someday, drafting at that level. Maybe even someone who has starter upside. He's He's got a lot of skills, but, you know, obviously statistically in Summer League was not incredibly impressive. So, all right, they got better. How can you give them a C-? Well, they could have had $40 million in cap space, even after Young opted in, but they opted to guarantee Bogdanovich. They opted to guarantee Carlson. Carlson, I understand a little bit more because the point guard market was very limited. I might have just given the keys to Victor Oladipo at point guard and tried to get something at shooting guard instead because I thought that they have, there was just a lot more of that available on the market this year. But they could add 40 million in space. And I definitely don't agree with them guaranteeing Bogdanovich. Like you're telling me that Bogdanovich, you know, in worst case scenario, you strike out and then you just re-sign him for $10 million again, right? Like, I mean, is he really going to get better than that on this market? Like, no way. So, and I, I agree with you. I think they should have, number one, taken a swing at someone who can be a forward, but also just to get someone who can be a long-term piece of this team. I mean, they've got Victor Oladipo. You've got Miles Turner. So, you know, those guys are still going to be good for three, four years. So you've got all this cat space and they didn't get anyone. You know, I won't put McDermott in this category to be sure. And I thought they overpaid for him, uh, but they didn't get anyone to be a part of it. And so, you know, I think even like taking a bet on Jabari Parker would have been interesting. Uh, non-guaranteeing, you know, waving Bogdanovich and going with like a max offer sheet for Aaron Gordon, even though Aaron Gordon may not live up to that. You know, maybe he could be a part of this team. Thaddeus Young is going to be gone next year. You mentioned there's so much more competition, but this was the year. This isn't considered a free agent destination for whatever reason, but they have all this space. And yeah, they have flexibility for next year. But I think especially in this market, 
market they were one of the teams i most was thinking hey you know what you didn't do enough here and they're like there was strength in the market at shooting guard and they ended up getting evans but only for one year you know i'd be very interested to know what those negotiations were in terms of what what it would have taken to get him on a contract longer than that that's something that i would have hoped they could have considered maybe he just wasn't interested in that but yeah i think there are some directions they could have gone and, and then also the other thing too is just you know getting some flyers you know to of guys on the wing I mean, that would have been another good james ennis thought would have been another good travion graham thought there's just to get someone with the potential of defending hell they could have given gr3 the contract he got with the pistons because of the bird rights they could i don't think they were they weren't squeezed he he had yeah i mean they could have just given him like six million dollars for one year with the second year non-guaranteed he had a minimum capital yeah why not bring him back and uh tyrone wallace or or patrick mccaw or i mean just someone who has some upside to defend or you know maybe they could have looked at like an avery bradley or a kcp if they wanted to move oladipo to point guard uh you know there are just so many options that they had here and and i just felt that they yeah evans you know that seemed like a match you know he and barton were the two guys you know you felt like one was gonna one of those two guys was gonna end up in indiana and ended up being evans and i think they did well there but it just you know they're better for this year but they're not any better for beyond this year and i think that's more relevant with this team unless you know holiday really hits and i gave him a little credit for that i'm moving them down to a c uh i i i'm realizing now that my misgivings are are stronger than i had given them and then here's this other thing what did you give them a, initially a c plus i'm moving a c plus to a c okay and so kylo quinn also a player that i like yeah. and a player that i like the contract he got but yeah it so moves now you sub- can place a bonus at the floor like, the bonus like, is now playing on. out of position again that was money that could have been used for somebody at a different spot and they could have gotten a minimum center to be a gap filler that without screwing up their second unit integrity and their chemistry and everything like that and also like o'quinn at the room mid-level i don't think there's a ton of chance that he's going to outperform that contract by so much that they can like get an asset for him at the deadline or something like that it's not really a value proposition it's a good contract but it's not going to really be in that in that frame of reference so it's like even the things other than tyreek and we'll see with holiday if holiday's great then certainly that can go through it i i right now i like it but don't love it but they're just they didn't get a lot of future value with this and they had all the reason in the world to they had an amazing opportunity this was not the summer of 2016 where everyone had money and was spending it like sailors on shore leave like th- that's not what this was they had a, a material advantage and largely didn't really use it let's move to miami now they added absolutely nobody as of now we'll see maybe they lost Dwayne wade you know wade apparently has a 25 million dollar offer sitting there in china for him looks like the heat do have their mini mid-level available but doesn't appear that they are going to be using it uh, they did bring Derek Jones into the fold uh, on an NBA contract. They brought back Wayne Ellington for exactly what he made last year, $6.27 million. Uh, they did not use the taxpayer MLE, although they are in the tax right now. This is another one of these ones where it, maybe their grade changes a little bit if they get out of the tax uh, and how much it costs to do that. Or, you know, if they're just willing to pay it, that's fine too. So I ended up giving them a C plus just because they're at least willing to pay the tax. Ellington could 
have seemed like a luxury and we're just gonna let him go because we don't want to pay the tax and they did pay him you know i thought getting him back at that price that other teams should have been in on him and should have been willing to pay him more hey pacers probably could that's another one you know, i would have much rather had ellington than doug mcdermott uh and ellington would have come cheaper so uh you know i think they did well to get him at, at that price we'll see what happens with wade i probably would actually lower them a little bit if they do bring back wade just because he's gonna have to play and i think they just have enough guys who do what he does especially you know i don't think he should be closing games for him for them so uh i'll stick with the c plus right now if they bring back weight i would probably just make it a straight c uh but you know really just a relatively uneventful so i, I don't really have anything else to say there i gave them a b plus slash incomplete the incomplete being we'll see how they how they handle the tax like that'll really swing it. and miami does not have any clear-cut way to get under so if they do it'll it'll come at some real consequence whatever that is it could be getting you know a, getting worse it could be you know, giving up an asset, whatever that is. But I think when Ellington's on a team-friendly deal, I would have, you know, obviously anytime a guy it's guy signs a team-friendly one-year deal, you go, oh, it would have been great to have them on a two-year contract, but he wouldn't have signed that because it wouldn't have made any sense other than maybe a player a player option, but that would have been less team-friendly. And I'm... Well, but maybe maybe he would have signed it, actually. Maybe. I, you know, that's one where he's 30, so I, yeah. I, I'm but, not but sure so if you, if you can pull if you could pull that, that would have been a little bit better. I think Derek Jones giving him a, a guaranteed contract, that's fine. He looked good in, in the part of summer leap before he hurt his ankle and i mentioned this on twitter but it's just so striking not only did miami not sign any of any anybody else's free agents none of their own free agents signed anywhere else either because like jordan mickey and wade and udonis haslam or anything it's just a weird off season because like you you could say with other teams oh like oh like almost nothing happened almost nothing happened here and so for me that puts a lot of weight on wayne ellington and i think wayne ellington's a good contract so i gave them a b plus slash incomplete yeah it's almost like all of these teams spent a ton of money in 2016 and are totally taxed out and can't do anything well they spent a lot in 2017 uh, <laughs> yeah that's true too so let's uh, what did you end up giving them uh b plus slash incomplete okay yeah i went with the c plus let's turn now to the bucks dante divincenzo at number 17 ursan Ilyasova, three years 21 million last year non-guaranteed brooke lopez for the biannual exception uh, 3.3 million dollars for one year and then they lost jabari parker and shabazz Mohammed and jason terry you know don't care too much about the last two brandon jennings they just waved i ended up going with a d for them I originally had them in the C range and then moved them down to D because of the the opportunity cost here. I mean, this is another team where you have a very limited window to make the best possible team you can around Giannis in the near term and the long term. And yeah, Brooke Lopez on his contract, total support. If DiVincenzo had played in Summer League and done really well, then I could certainly see this. Like he's the big thing that will change this number or this letter grade if it goes up. But Ersan Ilyasova, a good player, doesn't move the needle enough, but they paid him like he does. And so they had the mid-level or they could have just freaking paid Jabari Parker. Like they could have gone in other directions. And so instead they get somebody who maybe lowers their floor, who plays the position I think Giannis should play eventually, who's just a good vet. And they had to do better than this. And they didn't. They had, a you know, it's like sometimes I've talked about, I talked about the Pistons in my offseason preview for them for the Athletic, that sometimes having a narrower set of options allows teams to make good decisions because they can't go crazy well the bucks had narrow options and they just didn't maximize it 
the Bucks went into the offseason essentially right at the cap. And you mentioned they had full bird rights on Jabari Parker. They ended up uh, signing Ersan Ilyasova, who I think will help them. But I, I think there were uh, other much better value contracts, especially considering Ilyasova's age. He's not going to start for them. A lot of guys who signed for less money. And they could have offered plenty of playing time as well. Uh, DiVincenzo at 17, not a huge fan of just generally what he is. I've got to watch his summer league a little bit more closely. I'm viewing that as a slight negative, though, just because he doesn't seem like that much of a modern player i thought there are other guys available there who could have fit into what i believe this team can be but you know if he ends up being good then you change that obviously i'm not downgrading them too much for that selection but you know i mean uh he's he's not that sexy to me but getting back to the point that they're coming right at the cap let's say if they were going to give jabari parker that same deal that he got from the bulls and maybe that was never going to happen maybe jabari was just so pissed off there he would have just never signed that but you know maybe they could have done that and maybe they even could have guaranteed a little bit of his money for next year uh, uh, as well and either done a non-guarantee or or that team option so then you've got seven million dollars below the apron and now you say oh but wait a minute the buck they only have three million dollars below the tax now or i'm sorry two million dollars below the tax whatever it is well yeah but number one you could use the tax pyramid level and then uh you know have done a deal there that could have gotten something close to what Ilyasova was and then just not even had to worry about the hard cap probably couldn't have found a way unless they had salary dumped someone to use anything more than the mini mid level uh, anyway but uh, you know i think retaining parker on that same contract and then using the mini mid level to get the best player they could would have been a lot better uh because you know parker it's not like they upgraded so much you know they could have brought in brooke lopez still for the same price that they did using the mini mid level uh so part of this problem is that ownership not wanting to pay the tax and if you're not willing to pay the tax this year when this is the first year like these next two years this is your advertisement to be honest you are moving into a new building this year you have all these uh, additional revenues your plan is to use cap space next summer so you know you're not going to be in the tax next year if you're using cap space next summer so why couldn't they just pay the tax for one year like are they're just they're just too cheap to do it and this grade is not only for and, and it would have made them better and they could have held on to jabari parker who still has some chance of breaking out i realized i said that i didn't expect him to return here because you know they needed someone who is just more stable but i'm sorry like ursan Ilyasova to me it's not sexy enough that you just give up on jabari parker especially if the price was what the price was with the bulls uh but really you know the tax was just too much of a impediment to them you would guess for them giving him a, a contract like the bulls did because it was 20 million for one year it was just too much so and he wouldn't have wanted to go less than that for one year and then the bucks couldn't go more than one year because if he doesn't work out then your cap space aspirations for 2019 were ruined but since he ended up on that contract with the bulls they could have tried to come up with something similar to that but it was just a total non-starter for them because of the tax it, it seems like and again maybe jabari just wouldn't have ever considered that just because it was the bucks and he's sick of the bucks and you know things had gone poorly there but i mean with the new coach and and also the the 
potential to just keep him on the qualifying offer you know they and offer him 20 million for one year i think they could have done that they still could have gotten lopez who i do really like actually um and then Ilya Sovis just isn't a great contract so that's why i ended up with the d i know that's a long diatribe there but uh i mean I'll, I'll, so much well, of it goes back to just not being willing to pay the tax so i realized why i had them in the c range and i'm moving it back to from a d to a c minus because of Boonholzer. that's the they got the best coach on the market oh, yeah. that's why I gave, that's it. why i had them at a c minus was was that and so i remember that <laughs> i've uh, yeah I've, i forgot to write down all the coaches that was my problem this this time uh, uh all right i'll give him a d plus fine <laughs> <laughs> bucks bucks twitter is gonna be mad at me for not being negative enough so let's move on to the knicks uh, although uh if getting mike budenholzer means you also have to pay three years for if they actually got bike moonholzer instead of mike budenholzer then then that grade my grade goes down well and this is a perfect organization for bike moonholzer to take hold because you know john horace is an inexperienced gm they've got all these factions in ownership you know you could see uh mike ending up you know cozy with one of those factions or something so so, yeah it's uh never great but uh, still uh oh, the, other... the fact that they like, like when you clearly hurt your team by not paying the tax and it's only for one year that you're always going to get way downgraded for me if because this is a team that's that's ready to win like the they could be this is a team who that conceivably could be right there with some of the other powers in the east if they just got a little bit better and, and with the coaching upgrade one other quick thing to mention brandon jennings had pushed back his guarantee date by a month and i mentioned that I, I think that was a big mistake because for jennings you yes mean? because they like he gave them he gave them more time to decide and weaken the market for him maybe he thinks he has something in some other jurisdiction available but i mean there are a lot of jobs that got full and he did not have a good chance of making this team on that contract all right let's go to the knicks here so the biggest thing the knicks did was draft and they drafted kevin knox at number nine and then they drafted mitchell robinson at 36 and both of those guys we'll, we'll talk about their summer league i don't think we yeah we'll talk about them at some point you know both those guys look good i think there's a little bit of fool's gold with knox as much as i liked him i think there's a little bit there that might also be because i was lower on him in the process but then the other stuff they did they re-signed luke Cornette at basically what they could do with non-bird rights because he had been a, a they they had that as a two-way guy then they signed mario hazonia to a straight one-year contract 6.5 million they gave noah vonley a partial guarantee and then they lost o'quinn beasley troy williams and jared jack and this is going to come down to knox and robinson i mean as as i've been critical of the hazonia signing because i just think they got no future value out of that money and so even if hazonia works out it, it's very limiting for them because they don't have any sort of way to trade him if they re-sign him they probably have to renounce him all that kind of stuff because they want to use all this cap space next year so i gave them a b i'm sure some people are gonna say oh kevin knox he's gonna be the steal of the draft and he might end up being you know he might end up being really good and mitchell robinson looks like an nba caliber athlete we'll see how long it takes for him to figure out playing against nba like real nba guys as opposed to some league guys but the other big thing i want to talk about with the knicks and i'm sure this is not this something that's going to piss off their fan base i don't care i don't think they've been nearly proactive enough for 2019 because i've been working on some stuff on this that they're going to have to do something if they want to get into this crazy like two max space they're going to have to do something beyond just like cutting guys with the combination of lee noah and tim hardaway jr and it's very possible that those deals can come to fruition that you can make magic happen in 2019 but the longer you kick the can down the road it's gonna it's gonna be hard for them to make some of these big things work without giving up some serious assets 
Yeah, I mean, they might be able to like get off a Hardaway for the price of a future first. I, mean, I I don't share that concern as much. I mean, they'll be at about thirty five million if they stretch Noah, which uh, seems like that's going to happen as soon as the clock turns over uh, to. September 1st and, and they can take his full salary for this year but stretch him for next year I'll, I'll be looking feverishly checking my phone for that news during my wedding which is also on September 1st uh but then uh you know th- so they're at 35 million there and then you know Lee I think could be movable at that point there'd be a lot of teams with a lot of space next summer I think it'd be easier to move salary next summer than it was this summer you know there's always the deadline as well if if someone wants uh someone who can play and then Hardaway they actually signed because they like him and so that it's not I, I agree with you that he is not that good and is overpaid but you know if you if you really get desperate all right we got two max guys in our pocket here you can get off of Tim Hardaway Jr. with the first price so I, I'm not as worried about that uh I echo your sentiments on Knox you know he certainly flashed but overall uh, statistically wasn't as good as it kind of looked at, at his best moments Robinson I was incredibly impressed by with his physical tools and the fact that he actually played hard i mean usually that's the problem we have these guys who've taken a weird path and you've assumed there's some reason why it is that they couldn't have played you know been okay in a team environment uh but that didn't appear to be the case for robinson and you know the fact that he was able to play at really a higher intensity level than a lot of the guys in summer league given his background was extremely impressive to, to me i ended up with a, a b minus i'll echo what you said on hazoni and vonley as well like it seems like oh yeah young young flyer second draft but yeah you know you, you have no upside there uh so yeah b, b minus where i'll end up but certainly if knox develops uh that could go a lot higher if robinson develops it could go a lot higher and then you know but i i still think this was in the range where even knowing the sur- that porter had to have a second surgery i think especially because the knicks are going to suck this year anyway like why not just take a, a flyer on porter i gave them a straight b for basically similar similar rationale there and with vonley like I'm fine with them giving him the money, even if he ends up not making the roster, which I think is entirely possible. Just they, if there was no real cost to them, they're still below the tax and all that kind of stuff. Let's move to the magic now. Mo Bamba at number six was the centerpiece of their offseason. The other big thing that they did was retain Aaron Gordon at four years and i think it ended up being right about 78 million you know at least guaranteed with some incentives i love the fact and you can correct me if i'm wrong uh on that Danny and then I loved the fact that they started him because there was really no opportunity cost they had full bird rights they weren't going to run into the tax they started him at 21.6 million by the end of that contract with the 8% declines he'll be all the way down at 16.4 million making him an excellent potential trade asset so that I thought that was a very team-friendly deal I, I thought they did very well there to come with an offer that he was willing to sign early in the pr- process rather than uh, testing the market now I would have been very interested to see if another team had come with a lot of money for Gordon, whether they would have been willing to match given what they eventually settled on. And so I thought they did great there. Bamba at six, you know, this would have been again in the range with Porter, although they have a couple of guys at his position already. Uh, Wendell Carter, I said at the time that I thought it more likely that Carter would be the better player, but that Bamba had the higher upside. So I'd probably go with him, even if Carter had the higher median outcome. With the way those guys played in Summer League, I bet might change that a little bit. I probably would rather have Carter at this point. I wasn't that impressed with Bamba in Summer League, although I'd like to watch some more film of him. But, you know, I think that was kind of the pick there. You know, I'm not downgrading them for that at all. Uh, Melvin Frazier, 
Justin Jackson. Those are guys who in the second round, again, modern players have a chance just with what their purported skill set is to be. And then picking up Grant, Jerry and Grant for just nothing from the Bulls, I thought was fine as well. I didn't really understand the Mozgov Biombo swap, except perhaps maybe that Steve, that seems like one of these things where Steve Clifford is like, I dealt with him in Charlotte and just didn't want to deal with him again. So we'll just get Mozgov instead. Uh, so I ended up uh, giving them a B. Not using the mid-level exception was a little disappointing. And that's a big part of why I gave them a C plus. So I, I really like the Aaron Gordon contract. It's actually four years, $76 million as it's projected now. That There certainly could be incentives that can push it higher, but that's how I have it. And they also drafted Melvin Frazier, who I liked a little bit of what I saw from him. It seems like Justin Jackson, actually, they might get on uh, on a two-way. He's dealing with some injury stuff. And then they also did these kind of ticky-tack moves where they traded Rodney Purvis for Dakari and then Dakari Johnson for Jarrell Martin. And so, fine, you know, nothing real, real big there. But they're so you talked about the mid level exception. I mean, they they were one of the few teams that had the full mid level to spend. They were well below the tax. They could have used the whole thing, gotten somebody either for the near term or for the long term or both, you know, however they want to structure it. They have done nothing with it so far. Then the other big problem with them is the point guard position. So they didn't draft one. That's fine. If you, you take whoever you think is the best player available. And not having a point guard is going to make them worse, which will make their draft pick better. But it also makes it incredibly hard to evaluate a lot of the young guys on this team, especially because a lot of a lion, the lion share of the young guys on the magic are dependent talents. So that means if you're trying to evaluate Jonathan Isaac's offense, if you're trying to evaluate Mo Bamba or even just Aaron Gordon yeah Aaron matter. Gordon you're you you need to kind of know what they look like in a competent offense and so they're kicking the can down the road on that I mean their point guard rotation is probably going to be DJ Augustine and Jerry and Grant like that is a big concern and Steve Clifford I think is a good head coach I am very excited to see what his scheme looks like with his talent I didn't give them a big bump there but you know he is certainly I, I he is more established as a coach than some of the other guys that are on the market given where they are as a franchise I thought that they exceeded expectations. With yes, that. I agree with you. But yeah, they they missed. It's not a sexy job. They missed right an now. opportunity. They also still have an Alfred Payton trade exception that I think they can still use. I don't think that was a, a requirement in the Drill Martin trade. But yeah, I think this like so Bamba is a fine pick. Frazier is a fine pick. I also am a little bit weird with the Mozgov Biombo thing just because they're doing that. Oh, and then the other thing I didn't downgrade them for this, but I considered it was you made a really good point at well, I think it was when we we're doing their offseason preview that what Orlando should consider doing is trading their veterans on expiring contracts for either worse players or just guys on different contracts, you know, whatever, however you want to do that. And yeah, take on bad take money, on bad money what, what, your Vucevic, yeah, your Terrence, Terrence Ross. Ross, and even Fournier on a non-expiring contract. I mean, it does, it does, and it doesn't really seem to make sense that they didn't address point guard, but yet they're also not doing those kind of moves. Right. Like you, you go one direction or the other and they, they didn't do either. And that's another missed opportunity. Yeah. Another thing you might add to, I mean, you'll remember that late in the day before the draft, Trey Young ended up being mocked to them. And it looked like, you know, if if that's the guy they really wanted, you know, and Bamba fits in with what they're trying to do too. But I, I would have obviously liked Trey Young here a little bit better. And it looked like they kind of got outmaneuvered by the Hawks moving down to five to to pick him up. Now, you know, should they have tried to move up? Uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure what necessarily they could have done, but, you know, it kind of hurts to just be happy 
have the guy who could have really helped you. And, you know, obviously they needed someone at point guard too. You know, I certainly like Trey better than Bamba at this point. So that's another one that's a little disappointing, although it's, I can't put my finger on how they necessarily could have avoided that. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, when I gave them the B, I probably focused more on what they did as opposed to what they didn't do. And who knows, maybe they'll do some of the stuff we're talking about at the trade deadline. You just hired a new coach. Clifford isn't the kind of coach who's like, oh yeah, we're, we'll just tank this year. You know, so it, that doesn't seem to be quite in the plan. You know, maybe they try and then they move those guys in similar deals at the deadline. So I, I, I'll stick with the B, but you, you almost had me changing it to a B minus. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, to not... You know, Isaiah Thomas was rumored there. You know, I don't know why they wouldn't have just, you know, brought him in. I mean, they could have offered him a much bigger role than Denver, and they had plenty of money. I mean, that was the other thing, too. It's like, why not just try? And this isn't a team that has massive cast space aspirations in 2019-20 either. So why not just try to get a guy who could be on a good contract with your full mid-level exception? You know, and they didn't do that. So, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm moving him down to a B-. minus. You mostly and me slightly talked me into it. Let's move to the Sixers now. Unless you had something else. No, the Sixers are a challenging one to unpack because they did a lot of things that kind of are what they are. So they originally had the miles bridges can't, the, can't say that about a lot well, of teams. no because it's like i, <laughs> I have to, like, I, like, like I have I, I have strong opinions on it but i'm not sure it really like we'll see what matters like it's a weird thing like i i have I, the, the sixers offseason is hard for me because so they, they yeah. drafted well, what stuck out what stuck out to you the most you said you had strong opinions. okay so i think that the the trade they made as of what we know right now on draft night of drafting mikhail bridges and then moving down to take zyre smith and getting Miami's 2021 first while that first looks worse now because of the aforementioned the one and done's probably not coming in or the non one and done's coming in that year right now I still think that's a very good trade for them I like Mikhail Bridges a lot I I I need to see more of Zaire Smith to be sure but just I mean going from theoretically again like we're talking about kind of pick value going from 10 to 16 and getting an unprotected first is is really interesting but then also like I, there's a little bit of the, a little bit of the Mascala TLC Anderson trade that makes me feel queasy I also don't think very highly from what I've seen of Landry Shamet. Shem- I don't know if it's Shamet or Shamet. we'll learn that I'll learn that before the season starts it's they also picked up three seconds for second round picks that they had in this draft and just moved off of they didn't really need yeah. any more guys so that's fine but then they yeah I mean, well not not only that they didn't need any more guys it's just they really couldn't have used them even sure you but... know so i think it was uh, they almost had a necessity to make those trades and considering that i think they did well yeah they, they did fine i mean the chicago second could be interesting and then the two from detroit i mean those are teams that are not really trying to lose at least not at this point but that aren't aren't super amazing anyway and cash don't uh, don't forget cash oh i'll forget cash and then with wilson chandler <laughs> like wilson chandler interesting player fits a potential you know fits a niche for them but i also think that they had more leverage than they used here like this kind of you know, they could have gotten denver to give them something to to get off of that they were desperately trying to offload the money and wilson chandler you know like he's reasonable at that at that price but he looked a little bit washed at points in the last year so I think they could have gotten something more there. Redick, totally fine on that deal. You know, that's a positive for them. Amir coming back at the minimum on board with that. And so like I gave them a C plus, but I'm sitting there going and and I'm not knocking them for not getting LeBron or not getting Paul George. Those guys just said no. But I think they might get a little bit haunted by not getting Kawhi. Though if the Spurs, as Zach Lowe reported, were demanding either Simmons or Embiid, then it's not their fault. 
Yeah, and, it, and I heard from a, a source as well that that was the case, although from one of the teams that, that was trying to get him. But that's uh, who knows, you know, that's uh, maybe it was just the, the offers are. But yeah, I mean, certainly the Sixers didn't have anyone available to trade who would have helped the Spurs this year. I think, uh, you know, the, the Chandler trade was uh, OK. I mean, obviously, once they didn't get their main guys, they wanted to maintain flexibility, losing out on Nemanja Pialica was pretty rough. That's true. And so they now still have their room exception, right? Yeah, I believe they do. And so they could use that for a buyout guy, theoretically, the prorated version. In theory, yeah. Although, it, it, given how tight the market was, you might say that it's a failure to not Yeah, they could have gotten, they their, gotten you know, somebody their, who could play. Yeah, I mean, they're, and could just help you all year, too, rather than just a, a, and getting home court advantage i think for this team is going to be pretty important you know reddick ended up re-signing for a pretty good deal one year 12 million i thought he would go for a lot more than that amir johnson at the minimum is fine you mentioned the trade of anderson and tlc for mike muscala you know muscala i think we've maybe forgotten that he has provided some quality backup center play at times because he was injury played last year but he's not quite the level of shooter that i would have wanted he can't play any four really you know he has played the four but i wouldn't want him to do that and he's not really quite the level of shooter to provide the stretch element other than just kind of a stand in the corner and shoot threes kind of guys which he will make but he, he doesn't have much versatility to that jump shot i agree with what you said about the getting that 2021 unprotected Miami pick i mean that you know that's got a lot of upside could be a great trade value asset or just one that they could use as well if Miami really starts to go downhill which i think you know could very well be the case uh, given the fact that they're kind of locked into this team right now but that's one of those ones where if bridges looks awesome then it was a bad trade and if he doesn't and smith doesn't look good you know, it was a bad trade, but I think as of right now, certainly from just a pure value of picks standpoint, that that was great. Jonah Bolden, they brought in four years. The last two are non-guaranteed. Also getting Shake Milton to sign a two-way contract was probably pretty good value. I ended up going with the C- though, because this is one of those ones where, hey, you look at what they had to start. And yeah, you know what? They couldn't get Paul George. They couldn't get LeBron. I get that. But to, I mean, if you look at their team this year, are they better than last year? Like maybe they are just due to internal improvement from their young guys. But with no Ilyasova, with no Bellinelli, maybe they do better. And I was not saying they should have matched that that deal for Bellinelli, of course. You know, Holm, uh, Anderson and TLC and Holmes, those were cheap guys who maybe you know, weren't great now, but maybe one of them could have developed to the point where they're a contributor. And those are the sort of cheap guys that you need, especially TLC who had two years left on his contract. And Holmes... If they're trying to use cap space next year, his cap space is, or his capital is going to be the minimum. So if he had developed and maybe they could have brought him back as the primary backup center next year. So I, I'm just, it's underwhelming. I mean, I, I, I was surprised you get, and then bringing in Chandler. Yeah, you know, you, you're right. I mean, he, he, he's in theory a good player, but he also looked washed at times last year. They didn't really get much in terms of assets for taking on that salary. So I think they, they got worse versus where they were at the end of the playoffs last year. And so that gets you a C minus in my book. Do you think they're better going into this year than they were at the end of last year? I do. Other than just their young guys getting better? I do. I think that they added they added some depth. You know, like they, they Arisano Yusofa and Marco Bellinelli did did help them. But I think they got a little bit more versatile with Chandler. And Bellinelli, he played above, he played above his, punched above his sure. weight. So like, that's kind of a different thing. Like, so yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. Wilson Chandler doesn't play as well as Bellinelli did, but that was always going to fade away because he's not as good as he was. Would, would you rather... Would you rather have had 
had Wilson Chandler or Wayne Ellington and you know someone you don't else even need to say the second part of it I would have rather had Wayne Ellington I mean <laughs> yeah I mean they, they really they needed because and this is you'll remember that their bench really struggled offensively last year anytime they didn't have Reddick. And so when they brought in Bellinelli and Ilyasova, they finally had enough shooting that some of those bench units with Ben Simmons on the floor without Embiid were actually able to be okay. And so now they're kind of right back there again. Marco Fultz, maybe he can play some backup shooting guard, but you know, I'll believe that he can shoot when I see it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It, it, uh, I'm not really sure that the Chandler deal was the, the best they could have done i mean they obviously came to that conclusion they were in those talks they knew what the market was but i mean i would have even rather and then there's also you know do you question how much do you question the decision to just have a hard line in the sand we are not taking on any money at all for 2019 you know i mean that was part of the problem with bielitsa right like that he wanted to be somewhere for two years and he ended up backing out you know i think if they had gotten him i probably would have given him like a c plus but i think they're just they they've got some holes on this roster i think it's a little underrated some of the holes that they have coming off the bench and especially just in terms of the shooting that they have i, I think it's a problem and i don't think that Mascala is uh gonna solve that as really their you know who else do they have as a shooter off the bench right now uh, besides him yeah it's it, it is gonna be a am chance. i forgetting somebody no i mean tj can't shoot at all jared bayless gulp is still on the team is he are they gonna have to play him no, again i think now? i think I mean, they're gonna like, i think they're yeah i think they're gonna cut him to to get a roster spot and then yeah but they won't stretch him because they don't yeah, have i mean Sh- shemek can shoot yeah. but like you're you're not but gonna... can he defend like is he good enough to be on the floor no i mean he's a rookie yeah. he's not going to contribute yeah. this year so uh, i'm uh yeah I, I'm, I'm concerned about the team they they can hopefully fill in but i think to say that you can count on getting guys as good as Ilyasova and Bellinelli were for them last year on the buyout market. You but know, that, I that know. said, I, mean, I, I would. You know, there's a lot. I more would to rather be done have still. what they had rather than what Ersan Ilyasova and Marco Bellinelli signed for. You're looking for another Ilyasova and Bellinelli rather than those specific guys. The Raptors, hmm. the Kawhi Leonard trade, just signed Greg Monroe today as well. Although I thought that was, I don't know that he quite gives them what I would be looking for at backup center. I think they, he doesn't really fit in with the identity of their second unit that they've established as a play fast, uh, defend and and run type of second unit. You know, I might have, I actually might have wished they just re-signed Bebe instead. But uh, despite that, they got Kawhi, they got Danny Green, they didn't have to give up too much. I, mean, I basically was debating between an A and an A plus for these guys i eventually settled on an a straight a i mean they didn't this is the different one where they didn't have a lot of names that changed but the names that changed are gigantic i mean derozan purtle being gone danny green Kawhi leonard being replacing them and fred van vliet at two years 18 million i think that's fine you know that's about it's it's maybe a little rich but not too bad yeah and it also looks like they're actually going to be willing to pay the tax right. this year too yeah and I so there there is a cost for. that by getting van vliet they weren't able to use the tax it doesn't seem like they're going to use the taxpayer mle but i'd rather have fred van vliet than who they would have signed there so like i i get that as a reasonable constraint considering it looks like they're going to pay the tax yeah and let's uh, briefly on the monroe thing I, I think part of the idea with a backup center is that you want somebody who can eventually like so if the starter gets hurt can go into that and i would have liked somebody like bebe better in that role than greg monroe just because his 
limitations are so well, severe. Actually, I like it. I liked it okay because he can kind of play similarly as Valanciunas. Yeah. Like, so you can slide him in. Uh, but I, I think they they can do they can deal with a low usage center too. Like I think they can use what Bebe does. I, I would have rather had it. It's not that you know I don't think that's going to make a, a huge difference to him unless Valanciunas misses a ton of time. But we'll see. I mean, I, it, again, he's Greg Monroe at the minimum. I'm cool with that. But they got Kawhi Leonard without having to give up OG Ananobi. They got Kawhi Leonard without having to give up a clean first round pick. And DeRozan, certainly, a, you know, a, a very talented player and somebody who made them better over the last few years. Pirtle, intriguing young guy. And there's a chance that they come out of this largely with a wash that Kawhi Leonard, you know, leaves after this year. Danny Green could leave after this coming season as well. But the worst case scenario is that it streamlines their books. And the best case scenario is that they they either get one awesome year from Kawhi Leonard or he resigns and they got somebody way better than they ever could have reasonably anticipated i mean Kawhi leonard is a massive prodigious talent and that's worth it that that's what gets you an a grade is you add a potential superstar sure there's some downside risk and the 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 consequence of doing so is pretty minimal yeah i second all that the Kawhi trade i think was awesome we'll see how healthy he is but even if he's not you know i I think it's uh I mean, maybe it, we'll go back and we'll downgrade them. DeRozan has a nice year to say, well, you, if he's not healthy, well, you should have done a better job of seeing where he was at physically or just, you know, not making the trade. But unless he just like misses the whole year with injury or is just, and, and even if he's like, you know, 90% of what he was, he's still better than DeRozan. I think uh, they also brought in Nick Nurse as the coach it didn't seem necessarily like that was quite the plan when they moved on from Dwayne Casey there was some talk that Mike Budenholzer would have gone there I wonder how Mike Budenholzer now feels given that they got Kawhi for the first year Budenholzer apparently was put off by the fact that the expectations would be too high for him uh, but he obviously knows Kawhi from his first Kawhi's first couple years in San Antonio and they were able to fill out his staff. They got uh, Nate Bjorkren, Adrian Griffin, Phil Handy, Sergio Scariolo, former Spanish national team coach. So they, they were able to fill out a fine staff there. Nurse might be an upgrade on Casey, might not be. You know, I, I kind of rate that as a C. I did think that they needed to move on from Casey. And I think Nurse will be a nice fit for this more modern roster. So even with that and i think you know we'll see how nurse is you know a lot of first time head coaches assistants who are already there get elevated they end up uh being pretty good some don't so i just don't know how to evaluate that but at least you know nurse the things you hear about that he believes in are the right things in my opinion we'll see how he handles all the egos and you know all the rest of that stuff you never know so yeah i, I think i give him an a i don't have much more to say on them Oh, the Washington Wizards. They, the... Well, this is funny, actually, that that's your tone, because we may actually disagree on them. So, I think I would feel completely differently about their offseason. This is probably not fair. I would feel completely differently about their offseason if they hadn't given Dwight Howard that damn player option for the second year. I knew you you were going to say that, like, because I I thought about that, too, right? And it's just like, all right, you know, I downgraded it. It seems ridiculous that they did that. Who else was offering him that? You know, uh, all the shit that like you know really gets our panties in a bunch but like that said i mean i still think they upgraded 
for this year. So I ended up giving them a B. I tried to get past that. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, God, that's so stupid. Why did they do that? But I don't think it really matters that much ultimately. Well, it matters in this. Well, there, there are a couple things that matter. One thing also is by giving Dwight that much money instead of like the minimum or something, they couldn't get anybody else with that money because Dwight, you know, like Dwight gave, he gave back $5 million. He didn't have to give back $5 million. He didn't have the, they, the Nets didn't yeah. have the leverage to do that. Like if, if he gets the minimum, either that saves Ted Leonsis a bunch of money, or maybe they can use part of the mid-level exception yeah. on somebody they, better. They subsidize the Nets off season. Right. For, for no like. good reason. And I mean, players, you're not going to see Mello, you know, Mello didn't give back. I mean, he did give back a little bit, which helped the Hawks off season. We talked about that before. He's taking the minimum because that makes sense. And so I think the overall net of moving, uh, moving Marcin Gortat for Austin Rivers and Dwight Howard, like that, the mechanics of that, I, I broadly like, you know, we'll see if Austin Rivers added to this locker room, which is chaotic in a different way than last year's Clippers locker room is. We'll see how that works out. I'm very... Yeah, I mean, th- this could be the worst locker room in the league. I mean, they did get rid of Gortat ostensibly in part because he and John Wall weren't getting along, ostensibly in part because Marcin Gortat told John Wall to play defense, which uh, is actually something I probably would have been telling John Wall if I were in that locker room too. But yeah, this certainly could be a bit of a uh, locker room implosion, adding him in and Dwight Howard. It could be. And then, so the other parts of their offseason, they signed Jeff Green for the minimum, totally on board with that. You know, good, great value for him, yep. could be a part of the rotation. They actually have a strangely deep rotation. I like that they're giving Sadoransky the keys to the second unit, though I am a little bit concerned. This is a team that should have a third point guard that is capable because if John Wall gets hurt, you need somebody who can step in. Maybe they can find somebody. Actually, they could also be a team that should get somebody on the two-way that's actually capable, kind of the Quinn Cook model. But then also they drafted yeah. they drafted Troy Brown 15th. That's high for him. I don't have a strong feel on him yet, but like the people who his opinions I trust think like Zaire Smith could be better, that there's at least more upside and some of these other guys. So we'll have to see with that. I didn't downgrade it really mu- that much because I don't have that opinion yet, but we're, we're going to have to see. I just want to mention it. And they took a flyer on Thomas Bryant. I'm totally fine with that. You know, it Matt, he, he's, yeah. you know, at the minimum claiming him off waivers. That's fine. He, he looked interesting in the G League. And so I gave them a C minus. I, you know, it is kind of an, an asset proposition thing, but the fact that they, they could have gotten Dwight for a lot less, I think that might end up mattering. And maybe we'll see. I mean, that that's the incomplete, right? Is like they didn't do anything to get off a tax mm-hmm. money. I mean, it's fine with me. If they want to just pay the tax, fine with me. Like, I don't care if that's Ted Leonsis' money. That doesn't hurt me at all. I, more power to him. But if it's, all right, we have this budget, we're over this now, and now we got to, you know, I mean, they've got Jason Smith. Be interesting to see. I mean, they might just consider stretching Smith. They have, obviously, until uh, August or September 1st, I should say, to do that. Thank God, at least. I guess during the rehearsal dinner, I'll be checking to see whether they stretch Smith or not. Uh, but yeah, it's. If you uh, do that, I'm going to be so it, angry. Remains to be seen what happens. <laughs> Like, I'm no, I think I think my plan is I'm just like going to just give my phone to my best man and just like ha- he can just like check text messages. And if there's anything important, like you can tell me. We'll we'll figure out a better solution for this, but oh 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 no! Not, I'm not even talking about like the NBA. I don't like if if something important happens in the NBA, I'm going to just ignore it for those two days. I'm more talking about like oh you know like grandma like can't find where the reception is or something. Yeah, like that. that sort of thing. Okay, and, 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 you know the, the sort of things that are the point of the yes, podcast. of course. Hey, people are interested, but yeah. So with with Troy Brown, we're just going to have to see w- whether the guys even like Lonnie Walker could have been could have been an interesting fit. They did get Austin Rivers for 
one year, but you know, we'll see, we'll see where this team is moving forward. And this is another situation with Washington where I wonder where the whether this was the time to be proactive. Maybe they just want to see where this team goes for another year to make the move. But I mean, the finances. Wow, I just put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. But the their finances are just completely screwed long term, and so at some point they're going to need to make a move. And they, I think they're going to end up worse for wear that they didn't do it now. But I understand why they didn't. Yeah, and again, I mean, the rest of the league is just so impacted right now that it's just you know it's. Just- seems kind of hard to do anything and we'll see whether the trade deadline or next summer opens things up they got the kelly Oubre's potential extension on the horizon i think that'll be an interesting bellwether for where they might be willing to go with otto porter and and what they can get him for but i mean i think do you agree with me that they got better i think they got better yeah i think they got better they might have some downside risk but they got i think they got better yeah, so, and, I mean, unless there's just a complete locker room implosion, but it sounds like they're pretty close to that last year anyway, so who cares? Um, and, and also, I don't think it's fair necessarily to say that, like, Rivers is a locker room problem. I mean, I think it, it's more the unique circumstances of him just being the son of the coach. Well, we'll get a good more test so. I mean, of maybe, that now. Maybe he will be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he will be, but, you know, I don't think it's fair to say he's a pro- oh, he'll be a problem in Washington. Something I wanted to ask you about. How do you feel about Mike Scott for Jeff Green? Yeah, I think I would probably rather have, I mean, Scott was a great contributor for them last year, but I think his shooting, I mean, he had one of like the highest mid-range field goal percentages in the last 10 years, but I would not have matched that offer of over $4 million from the Clippers. And he certainly was unlikely to shoot as well. He's kind of waxed and waned in that regard during his career. Um, I wouldn't mind them bringing back Ty Lawson if they can. I thought he actually was pretty effective, uh, relatively speaking, although it was annoying that he played as much as he did over Sadaransky, but I, I thought he looked like he still had something left um so yeah i mean i think i think they got better i think dwight could be an upgrade on what they got from gortat last year even defensively because gortat you know wasn't any faster than dwight is basically and dwight can at least block shots right at the rim um and rebound and offensive rebound Here, not going to do their transition d any favors i think they're going to miss yeah. marcin gortat on offense a lot more than some people think yeah, that's an interesting thought. You know, I, I, like he's a great screen setter. He's like, he's kind of good catching the ball further away from the hoop and making a move to the hoop. Uh, you know, Wall, he and Wall, for all their friction, had pretty damn good chemistry where Gortat could kind of catch the ball way behind him, have good hands, and then be able to take a, a, a step through and lay the ball in. But Howard does provide, even at this point in his career, a, an alley-oop threat that Gortat didn't necessarily. So it'd be interesting to see whether you're right on that or not. Um, and there's the, the intentional following aspect as well um all right i think uh this is probably well, let enough me let me plug some stuff on this yeah. so i put out the first pick protection primer for the 2019 draft at the athletics so that goes through all of the remaining protected picks and uh so some interesting ones it was fun to go through that and then i will also presumably have the next real jam radio out before the next time we come next the next uh episode Thanks again to Dollar Shave Club for sponsoring today's program. They deliver everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best, not just shaving, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a rear wipe, which I think are an essential these days. Here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just $5, you can get their daily essentials starter set. Comes with body cleanser, their one wipe Charlie's their world-famous Shave Butter, and their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for a few bucks more per month. Add in that shampoo, toothpaste, anything else you need. Don't have to go to the drugstore anymore. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash capspace. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash capspace. Let them know that you came from us. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.